Hey, 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 hey. Hello, how you doing? I am well. What's up, Howie? I am excited this, was this Sunday? Yeah, Sunday evening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, actually here in Knoxville, it, it actually got up to 79 degrees today. Oh my goodness, okay. Uh, Okay. <laughs> feel like springtime up in here. How's it up there? How's it up there where you at? So you know, um, it, it it was it was honestly a beautiful day, and so um, I took the chance today because I know what my schedule is like this week, and I went to go vote. And I tell you, the sun was beaming. We were looking at the low seventies. The wind was blowing. So being in that line for an hour and a half. Um, you know, it felt great. So it was worth the the wait. And then, you know me, I <laughs> I'm always entertained myself. So I'm in line and I have my beats in my ear. And so I am rocking to this playlist that I have. So I was jamming. And so some sisters tapped me and they was like, You jamming in this line, what you listening to? And I said, I'm listening to this playlist. I said, if I gotta be in this line, I might as well listen to some music. But um you know, it's, it was a beautiful day here. Hey, uh, big brother uh, Abraham, how are you? <laughs> How's everything going with you, Toya? How's everything going with you, Howard? I'm good. Good. How about yourself, man? Good, good, man. Happy to be back on uh, Arrow's Heart. Thank you for having us back. Yeah. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm excited. So, you know, I received some good feedback from the last time you all were on. And so... Um, especially from this one particular person who listened to it. And so the feedback from her was definitely um, well received because she, she keeps it all the way 100 with me. And so when she said it was good and it was juicy, and she said, where you get these brothers from? <laughs> 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 I got all excited. I said, I said yeah, they, 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 these my brothers, they cold. They cold with it. So <laughs> I am so excited to, to have you back on the show and this time we're going to go a little bit longer than last time. Last time we went about 30 minutes, but you all dropped some heavy questions on a sister. And I think this is, a, this is um, a, a segment that I think we need to get a little longer on so that we can hit everything. And um, so I just appreciate you all having uh, this conversation with me. And so... You know, last show, uh, we had a part two and we talked about intimacy and you all had an opportunity to really talk about what intimacy meant for you all. And so I just want to take it a little step further because when we think about intimacy, I know for me, uh, intimacy is having a relationship with self first before I can really connect with other people, whether it's a beloved relationship or partnership, family, whatever it may be. But also, in that same breath, you know, in intimacy, there are some, some barriers sometimes you may face in intimacy. And so I want to, you know, open it up. You're just revisiting what's intimacy to you all. And again, um, going into the question of some of the barriers. And I'm not sure if I share um, totally uh, a definition of intimacy, but also when you think about that, intimacy begins in infancy so when you are born and that's why they tell you the connection with the mother and the child is important to have that skin to skin is because of that 
And so it's imperative that you have, that's where the level of intimacy starts, you know, and just having that. And so intimacy doesn't show up if you don't have trust. And, and sex is not about connection. Intimacy is about connection. And so today I want us to talk about intimacy from your standpoint, but what are some of the barriers that we see in intimacy? So let's kick it off with you, Abraham. You know, you can briefly share, you know, what you talked about as you know, what intimacy means to you, and then also share what you feel are some of the barriers. Um, so yeah, for me, intimacy is, you know, taking that mask off. Um, one, first with yourself, like you had mentioned, um, and being able to have access to, you know, where you are within your experiences and, you know, um, understanding how it is that you're feeling in, you know, in, in a moment. And, you know, into me, I see is, you know, one of the, uh, the biggest proponents to intimacy, but it's being able to have that, that intimacy to take the mask off also with uh, yourself, but also with your partner. Um, and I think one of the barriers to that is the first thing that comes to mind is is uh, a lack of self-awareness mm-hmm. you know um, really being aware of how much how much you really are intimate with yourself um, you know and, and and being able to understand that you're going to be able to meet somebody uh, within that same space um, you know and be able to meet somebody where, where not only you're at in respect to where you're at but also in respect to where they're at um, as well um, and sometimes that lack of awareness or that lack of self-awareness and understanding how it is that we show up in a relationship um, it tends to create friction um, which can be avoided if there is that awareness that's there um, and understanding exactly how it is that you may show up in a relationship and or how it is that you may be showing up in your partner's story um, so yeah I think I feel like that's like a, a major one for me I'm not sure how how Howard where Howard is at with it. I'm curious, though. So we're curious, Howard. So, you know, thank you for that, Abraham. So, you know, again, Howard, briefly share what you um, feel is intimacy for you and then go into where do you feel of some of the barriers? Uh, yeah, yeah, thank you. I agree with, with uh, what Abraham said also. Uh, intimacy, first of all, to me, is getting... And understand myself. Uh, from that place, um, I, I'm, I'm able to share what I know about myself to allow others, whether a significant other or family member, I'm able to allow others to to get to know me as I know me, rather than who they've decided that I am or that I should be. You know, I'm able to tell them, okay, this is what I know about me. Um, and then, um, and then I can choose different levels of intimacy. Uh, you know, I might share certain aspects of myself that I know with coworkers, and and that'll be different than the levels of what I know about myself that I would share with one of my tight brothers. You know, we have conversations about all kinds of stuff. I wouldn't necessarily talk about those things with my coworker. And the same holds true for my uh, my lady, my significant other, you know. Uh, so there are different levels of it, you know, uh, of, of intimacy as I know myself and what I would share with someone else. Now, some of the barriers that I've come to realize, you know, 
in my in in, in my fifties, forties and fifties, um, uh, to intimacy barriers to intimacy. Uh, again, self knowledge. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how can I communicate with with the lady that I find interesting? You know, if I don't even know myself, how can mm-hmm. you communicate with me so that I learn and understand who she is as a woman? Uh, if she happens to be a mother or as a, a auntie, if, if she doesn't know herself and she can't tell me what her values are uh, or anything else about herself, then I won't see anything into her. Mm other than what I might assume. We, okay. we know what happens when we assume. It makes makes uh, makes an ass out of me. Me and you. No, I, I, I think you, you bring up an, um, both of you bring up an excellent point. And I think, again, when you think about intimacy, if you don't know what you want, if you don't know where your boundaries are, if you don't know what your core values are, if you don't know what makes, what brings you joy, if you don't understand, and we'll talk about this next, but if you, you don't have the conversation with your beloved or whoever you tend to have an intimate relationship with, and you don't create what intimacy should look like in your relationship, yeah, you, you're going to have that barrier. And I, and I see so many people running into relationships so focused on the other person or whether it's trying to please the other person or get that person to to love them but my thing is the focus should be on self-love because if you love yourself and you know yourself then the person who you're going to attract hopefully i hope is doing the same because we're all going to be evolving. Nobody has arrived. I don't think anybody is going to ever arrive until they die. And... Oh, man, you burst... I, I did what? You burst my bubble. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, since I burst your bubble, I'm going to let you... Um, I'm going to let you... Fin- I'm going to let you finish this out. And so, again, I see a lot of that and I have to also... You know, I didn't really start getting into myself into later in my 30s and understanding there was such a disconnect and I was just so focused on I can change other people I can change other people you know and everybody should be on their self you know um, in a work journey but I realized I was so disconnected from myself and then I had to understand where the root cause of that and now that I know what I know now things need to show up for me different. So I'm gonna pause right there because I want I don't want you to lose your thought, Howard, since I done popped your your burst your bubble. Pop the cherry. Go ahead on it and bring it out. Bring it down. <laughs> yeah, that, that that whole piece about uh, you know we 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 haven't arrived. <laughs> we have, we have, yeah, um, yeah, it is a journey. You know, I'm being a clown here, but it, it is a journey, as you said. Um, and and the thing I wanted to to add in there is that what I share with you, Abraham, with you, Latoya, or my significant other, what I share with you today that I know about myself, because I'm an evolving person, guess what? Next year, I might be slightly changed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, so so I, I'm not, I might not be the same person six months from now, 12 months from now. 
So mm-hmm. if, if I'm in a relationship, imagine that. Mm-hmm. I'm in a relationship and I think that my significant other is the exact same woman that she was five years ago, two years ago. Mm-hmm. And I and we haven't been communicating. Guess what? Guess what? You know, some problems might come up, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things that's important about it. And, and like you said, we haven't arrived nowhere. It's, it's a continuation of learning about ourselves and learning th- new things and being curious about ourselves and being curious about our significant others. You, you use the word curious, but do you think, and I'm, I'm going to pivot this to you, Abraham, do you think, number one, are we curious enough about ourselves and to that same degree, are we curious about others or are we more so curious about others and we can just forget about having any type of level of curiosity for ourselves because we're too busy trying to focus on someone else? Tony, you're giving me the hard-hitting questions, man. (laughs) (laughs) I know you got it, brother. I know you got it. (laughs) Yeah, no. I mean, you know, it's it's a very, that's a very interesting question and it's something that I I sometimes think about myself. Um, Because I do find that sometimes we get so caught up in the other and I think a part of us needs to establish some level of control, I guess, you know, in the situation. Um, You know, so instead of letting, allowing the situation to unfold and for us to just experience it at the moment you know we we think so much about you know what's going to happen in the future that we try to predicate it uh for ourselves and, and that's also another you know um barrier to intimacy is trying to force and control the outcome of the relationship you know it's like you said before you know we haven't arrived and the same thing happens within a relationship you know it's just because you put the term exclusive on each other um, doesn't mean that you've now arrived into this relationship and now it's done. It's that you know that's only only the beginning of a journey or the start of a journey. Um, and I find that um, we aren't curious enough about ourselves in how that journey is now going to look. Um, and and you know people don't look for that curiosity um, or seek out that curiosity. It's more about how can I get this outcome as opposed to what can I actually learn about this person or about myself in this situation. Wow, I thought you didn't know. Okay, right. <laughs> okay, but you, but you just broke it all the way down. Okay, listen, I was trying to show up. I was trying to show up. You know, you you, you showed up and you showed out on that. One. So, <laughs> you, you said something that sparked me, and one of the things, you know, if I was to um, come back to this world, uh, reincarnated. First of all, I think I want. I, I mean, I love being a woman. Sometimes I do think I want to become come back as a man. To pay back some folks but anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> um but if one of the things that you said that i wish i can come back and wish i can learn is how do you love or or how do you um I want to say, you know do things without worrying about the outcome right like how do we do things without being attached to the outcome and i wish i would have learned this earlier in life to just you know, I've read books on just just being and doing and even recently learning through therapy that I'm a rescuer. Mm. But I I was rescuing. Now I, I'm a rescuer. So anytime somebody needs help, I'm always asserting myself, whether it was asked or not. 
I'm always trying to figure out how I can help somebody else. And part of that rescuing is because I was running away from myself. So I want to focus on everybody else, but didn't want to have to focus on me, right? Mm. And then also, I, by nature, I like helping people, what have you. But now, I'm doing my best to be able to help others without attachment, without outcome. Because if I, my old way of doing things, if I helped you, well, you have to do it toy way or how I advised you. And then if you didn't do it my way, then I'm just like, oh, well, the reason why you went down that path is you didn't do it my way, right? Mm -hmm. or, or I'm getting upset because you didn't do it the way I suggested you do it. That's just like, it's interesting. That's just like one day I, if, if, if you had a homeless person come up to you and ask you for some money, you might say, I'm not going to give it to them because the last time I gave that person money or last time I saw, they went to the liquor store. Mm -hmm. Well, my thing is now I may give to that person, knowing they still may go to the liquor store, but who cares? It's, I'm not attached to the outcome. So if you want to go to the liquor store and, and buy liquor, great. If you want to go buy some food, great. But if I'm giving to you, I'm giving to you from a space of out of love and out of humanity, and I don't get attached to the outcome. And so I wish in my next life, I'm trying to learn it now, but I'm still struggling. <laughs> but you brought it up is, you know, we're sitting up here focused on what the outcome is going to be versus just letting things unfold because we have these control issues and things like that. So, no, I just appreciate you uh, bringing that up. And so, so, so Howard, when we think about, when we talk about those barriers, in those barriers, I think there's sometimes a disconnect with our communication. And so when you talk about effective communication and how we communicate to one another, share with me what is, I guess, effective, if you want to put that adjective on it, but communication to you and how would you want to be communicated to? Because I think sometimes in relationships, you know, we hear one thing, we may say one thing, some, or your partner may say one thing, but you understood something else, <laughs> right? Um, or, or vice versa, right? Or, you know, or if you're in text exchange and sometimes how you read a text is not how that person really meant it. And we're so disconnected that sometimes we don't pick up the phone and say, let's talk. Or we don't say, hey, come on over so we can talk so I can look you in your eyes and we can feel the energy from one another. So, you know, share with me what's important to you as it relates to communication. Uh, yeah. Um, basically, uh, you know, uh, reciprocal mm -hmm. uh, sharing. I share with you, you share with me. reciprocal understanding. Mm -hmm. so, so, if, so if there's something that I think that I understand shared with me or someone shared with me, then um, I have to be willing to ask further questions to make sure that I understand what that person wants me to understand about them. Some people call it uh, NVC, nonviolent communication, which is a great book. You know, it's, it's by Marshall Rosenberg. It's a great book to, to, to get and to study. And it, it's just a way of communicating to, to uh, make sure that I understand what the mm -hmm. other person is trying to convey. And mm -hmm. so basically effective communication, I think it would, would accomplish that, you know, it's, it's uh, 
make sure it, that the other person understands me and that I understand them. Now, that's the simple part of it. Now, what we have to understand is, or what I have to ask is, what is my communication style? Mm-hmm. What is the other person's communication style? Because I've been in relationships where a person's communication style was to throw things. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, okay, you communicate effectively. I'm scared. <laughs> you know? <what> I mean? <laughs> <laughs> now that's the, text of the, text of the communication. I understood you because that was a I hassle, understood you. Right? So, uh, that was a hammer. Mm-hmm. You know, you punch the hole in the wall. Okay, I got it. I understood you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you want me to know about you? <laughs> you know, that, that's, you know, violence, uh, emotional, psychological, physical, breaking things. When you get up, when we get upset or something like that, that's communication. That is a communication style. Now, and, and it is effective in scaring the other person, you know. Now, is it effective in actually getting me or the other person what we really want? If we want loving, caring, understanding connection, is it, 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 is that style of communication going to work? And so there's other styles of communicating where people, some people, are, I know myself, I I would I would just go silent, mm-hmm. you know, in, instead of engaging in mm-hmm. with, with with the woman, um, and uh, well, that's not really letting that person know what I'm really feeling mm-hmm. on the mm-hmm. inside you know by going silent and that used to be a major communication style with me it still is a little bit but you know if I need to take a breather you know I'll let that let that lady know I'll say look here uh, I need to go take a breather I'll be back mm-hmm. 10-15 minutes I, I learned that from a therapist the therapist said look you can't just be storming off and leave her standing there and she don't know if you're gone permanent or what. You got to let her know that you're going to be back in a certain mm-hmm. amount of time, you know, so that she can try and calm herself and not feel abandoned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I had to learn that that little piece there, you know, okay, all right, I'll be, you know, I got to go calm myself down before I say some stuff I really don't want to say um, inappropriate. So let, let me step out. Let me go work in my garden, whatever. I'll be back in like 30 minutes. Something like that. Now that, that's a, that, that is a communication style too, is, mm-hmm. and um, so there are different styles of communicating. Um, and then we also have to have to ask the question: Okay, does my partner even value communicating? What is my partner's value? Mm-hmm. What are my values? Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes maybe a person don't even value communication. It ain't even on their list of values. You mm-hmm. know. You know, they just want what they want, but they don't know how to communicate. You you you, you bring up a good a good point because um, you know it depends on how you were raised in some places. You know, in some ways, mm-hmm. um, your own personal experience. Some people, when it comes to difficult conversations or you know, very conversation where you become charged some people do become silent and that is a form of communication and I do think especially in you know relationships beloved relationships it's really good to have that conversation up front of you know what you know how are we going to handle each other when we're charged right so I don't I do not respond well to someone yelling at me 
I do. I'm definitely not responding to somebody um, trying to swing on me. We're we going this. We're going to go. We're going to go toe to toe, right? But so, so physical violence is not an option for me, right? Um, but I think having that conversation to say, and we have agreements, right? And just say at any point in this relationship, when one or both of us become very charged, that we give ourselves time and space. Just like you said, Howard, hey, you know what? I'm feeling charged. I need about 10 minutes. Let me walk away. And can we revisit that, you know? And that gives both parties opportunity to breathe and to come back to hopefully have a civilized conversation. Or if it's still too heated for you all to say, you know what? You're charged. I'm charged. This may not be a good time. Can we table this? But really get back to it later because what you don't want to do is have it fester or you forget about it and then it come up again, you know? And so you're absolutely right. You know, a lot of things I didn't talk about because I knew in my household, it was, you know, my mother yelled a lot or, you know, she didn't express herself all the time or she hid certain things she was feeling, trying to be very tough for me. And so I'm a true Aquarian, that's how I was, right? I didn't, I just really most recent years have been forthcoming with sharing how I really feel because normally you say, how you feeling, Toy? I'm good, but not really be good, you know? Mm -hmm. And then until something really happens and then you explode, how fair is that for that person, right? So, so Abraham, talk to me about, you know, communication and what, what that looks like for you and what's important for you when it comes to communication. Um, well, I think for me, effective communication is being able to, like you mentioned, just kind of say where you're at, you know, and being willing to be vulnerable to say that, you know, um, and, you know, being able to have an open conversation about certain things, you know, like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm in a space right now. Um, I'm in a certain space right now and, I, you know, I'm not really ready to have communication. Um, you know, so if you can just kind of honor that space and that person being willing to accept that and hear that and know that it has nothing to do with them, but it really just mm -hmm. has to do with you um, in that moment. Um, and I think that's something that's important also in communication is taking yourself out of the uh, the message that's being given um, and just kind of looking at it and being able to accept the other person's uh, personal uh, perspective on what mm -hmm. the situation is, you know. Um, and then also both parties being able to know that neither perspective is correct you know um you know so it's not a the shouting match to figure out who's right and who's wrong you know um you know you only left a swallow of orange juice inside the carton yesterday no i didn't i left two swallows inside there no well you left one <laughs> and you, Abraham, you really do that you leave you leave a swallow don't you no no see I, that, that's that's what that's my biggest pet peeve i'm like man you can, come on man. <laughs> Finish that off. Finish that. You know? <laughs> okay, okay. I just want to. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you have that perspective, you know, uh, and, and just kind of understand, like, hey, you know what? I interpreted it one way, and it, you know, wasn't, and you don't see it that way. So, hey, we're just going to agree to disagree and kind of be able to move on. And so, um, being able to just communicate amicably, um, and just with without ego, um, also, yeah. you know, communicating okay. communicate okay. without ego because. You know, once your ego kind of, you know, for some people, once their ego gets involved, um, you know, it becomes either defensive or, you know, territorial in some way where something has to be protected and, um, and, and especially in relationship, um, you know, it's bound to happen, it can happen, but 
uh, trying to minimize that as much as can, as much as possible, and just being mindful of that, I think is also important. Yeah, and I have to say, I totally agree with that. You know, both of you and Howard said something. So Howard said something related to, I need to be able to share with my beloved that I'm coming back, especially so show that she doesn't feel abandoned. Mm. And, and I like when you said that because if you are someone like myself who deal with abandonment issues and you walk away and I don't know if you're returning or not, my whole demeanor and the whole situation may alter due to the fact that that was a trigger for me. And there you go, feeding into my abandonment issues, right? And so I think it's key, what I like what you said was, I'm going to tell you I'm walking away and I'm going to tell you when I'm going to come back. Because then I have time to, number one, calm myself down and not feed into any of my triggers of saying, see, somebody else abandoned me again, right? And, and so that is key and important. And the other thing that you said, Abraham, that I think is important is that, you know, you know, when I'm going through something, it's not about you, it's about me. Mm. And so sometimes when we're in, in those type of situations, and, and, and if you're removing yourself from the situation, this doesn't have anything to do with you, it has everything to do with me. So it's not, it's, it's all on the messenger. It's not you as who receiving the message. I'm not, anything that I'm going through is based on me. And so again, don't allow your ego to get caught up. And sometimes when, and I had this situation uh, a couple of days ago, I was talking to somebody and somebody said to me, you know, I, sh- um, I shoot first and ask questions later. Mm. Well, if you shoot first and ask questions later, that person is wounded. So they may not be able to respond or they did. So my thing is, mm-hmm. is even though that's the saying that people used to say back in the day, mm-hmm. if that's your motto and you keep and you keep living toward mm-hmm. I shoot first and, and ask questions later, that ain't gonna ever be a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. Because you 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 already shot this person down. You've already injured this person. Now this person is wounded. So how vulnerable do they feel comfortable sharing with you now that you have wounded them? Mm-hmm. And so I think we have to pay attention to, you know, some of the old things of how we used to say things or how we need to move, you know, and how we move because people are evolving and changing. And if that's your way of communication and that's what you're communicating to people that, you know, I shoot first and ask questions later, I'm not sure if I want to be in a relationship. I'm not even a friendship for that matter. Mm-hmm. Because that means I ain't got nothing coming. Because mm-hmm. you already going to sit up here and accuse or dog me out or insult me or injure me. And I, I can't even say nothing until later on. I can't even share my thought, my point of view, because you already shot me down. Right. Right. So, you know, again, when you all think about and where I appreciate the two of you, especially being um, men, and it's going back to this vulnerability, if you all can help me, you know, what are the things um, you practice that affect the communication? Because to me, you got to get yourself in a real, real vulnerable situation and position to be able to communicate. You know, I have experienced in my lifetime men who don't share everything. They'll give you surface stuff, but not really get deep and very vulnerable with you to, for, I guess, for protection. Um, and maybe at one point, the person was vulnerable and was 
not taken care of was abused and so they never would and what I mean by abused meaning their feelings or their thoughts were hurt or they were um, seen and so ever since then they don't get that deep or they don't allow themselves to get that deep or that connected themselves so they, they give you surface stuff how did you all get to the point of getting this deep you know even when you're having even in your beloved relationship or either how you two you two are very vulnerable and intimate as men how did y'all get to that point um, I'll take off on that. I kind of want to, I'm going to tie it into a couple of things that I heard you say, Latoya, a minute. Mm-hmm. You mentioned about the the the, the, the concept of uh, the individual that mm-hmm. they shoot first and ask questions late, you know, mm-hmm. and I agree with what you said about that, but um, what we, I think what we have to ask ourselves, okay, what is that telling us that, that mm-hmm. and, and, and just recently you said the man, you know, that gets, uh, give surfacy, you know, kind of. And I saw, I had to ask myself and say, okay, what is that man and what is that uh, example of a woman that Latoya just mentioned? What are they trying to tell us that their values are? And I, I, I'm going to throw this question out to Abraham and you, but to me, it sounded to me like that man and that woman was saying, my value is self-protection. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna clam up. I'm gonna go give you surfacey stuff because I'm gonna protect myself as a man, you know. Mm-hmm. And then the lady, I'm gonna shoot first and ask questions later because I'm gonna protect myself. So it mm-hmm. sounds like if I interpret that, Howard interpret that, their value is self protection, which is not necessarily a bad value. However, mm-hmm. in that particular situation, it didn't lend itself to clear and open communication, you know. Right. So, so I just wanted to throw that out there, you know, about exploring values. And I want to segue into uh, a, a worksheet that Abraham gave me and I, I worked on it and, and I have this and, and it's online, you know, as a resource for y'all who might be listening. It's provided by therapistaid.com mm-hmm. and, and it's a worksheet exploring your values. And what it does is we have to ask ourselves a question, okay, as grown adults, where mm-hmm. did I get my communication style? Did I choose it? Did Was it taught to me in school or did I get it from my parents, my mother, my father, my uncles, my aunties, everybody around me? Where did I get my communication style? Whether it's working for us in relationships or not, where did I get the communication style that I have right now? And secondly, is it serving me to my best right now? Mm. And if we find that it is, then keep it. If we find that it's not, then we have the choice to change it. And that's where this Exploring Values worksheet comes in. The first block is, what were my mother's values based on what I saw? I wrote down yelling, providing, commitment, regardless of maltreatment. Mm. And then my father, what are my father's values? That's what's on in the other block. Same thing, yelling, providing, commitment, regardless of maltreatment. That was what I witnessed with my parents. And that was their communication style, yelling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And their other values were providing. They were very good providers. Food, shelter, warmth. They were very good providers and they were committed to one another. And they accepted the maltreatment to one another. Mm-hmm. One another. And then it goes on to the second set of blocks and it says the values of a person I respect. And I thought about a person that I respect and I wrote down their clear facts socially. I wrote down experience. I wrote mm-hmm. down 
writing slash communication. That's those were the values that I came up with of a person that I respect. And the next block was what are society's values? And I wrote down commitment regardless of maltreatment. Number two, I wrote down patriotism regardless of maltreatment. Number three, I wrote down money regardless of maltreatment. Now you notice those society values that I got that I wrote down were all regardless of the mal, you know. And then and and, and this is what I've been taught, you know. And so then the third section, uh, the values I would like to live by. And I wrote down communication. I wrote down openness. I wrote down playfulness. I wrote down joy. Mm. On the other side of that, it says the values I actually live by. Mm -hmm. And I wrote down openness. Well, I'm being open right here on this talk show. I wrote Mm -hmm. down communication. I'm communicating on this talk show. I wrote mm-hmm. down learning new skills. That's what we're talking about on this talk show. And uh, I wrote down stick in the mud, which is something that I, I, as odd as it sounds, I value being a stick in the mud. And that's one that I want to change. But that is one that I still value. I'm a stick in the mud, you know, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in terms of having fun and being playful and all these kinds of things, uh, socializing and stuff like that. I'm a stick in the mud. And that's one of my values that I still have, but I would like to change, you know. So we don't we don't we don't pivot to that one on the um on the next segment because I need to know why you are stick in the mud. <laughs> <laughs> I need to know have you always been a stick in the mud? Pretty much in recent years you've been a stick in the mud. Pretty much and we Abraham, if you if you if you with me on this charge, we're gonna help this brother not be a stick in the mood. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Because there's, there's a fun brother in there. Yeah, there yeah. is a fun brother. That's why I'm saying here when he says stick in the mud, I'm just like, where is he? Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> you know, I know I know you're a country boy, but I, I don't know about no stick in the mud. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. We we're we gonna talk we're gonna talk about that because you listen, you remember me and Abraham know some of your secrets and some of the things you used to do. So that's mm-hmm. why I said, when was you a stick in the mud? Exactly. <laughs> for you about that which you just talked about now would you have that same conversation in a beloved relationship like share with your beloved that whole worksheet that you just did I would right now in in, in my past I didn't have that skill you know mm-hmm. Abraham just gave me this worksheet uh what a couple of weeks ago Abraham something like yeah. that yeah. And, and I have a whole uh list of values here and uh it's got 362 values on it and I go through and just kind of highlight the values that I, I currently live by right now and mm-hmm. there's three, there 362 values on this list and that's not uh, so it's uh 365 if you were narrow did you narrow down all the way to at least five core ones yet say, say again I said with the 360 something values that you see on that sheet have you narrowed it down to maybe at least your your top five Let's see. I did go back and put some little red dots by the asterisk. Let's see. I got one, two, three, four that I put red dots by a uh, red dots by the asterisk of mm-hmm. uh, 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 six, seven, eight. But I done checked off about 20, 20 or thirty values, and and this is a short list of values. So, um, so acceptance is red dotted. 
uh, appreciation is written. I would, cha- I would challenge you, if you can, in your homework assignment to narrow it down to five. Okay, and I got and, narrow down. Yeah, and it'd be interesting to narrow it down to that five. And, and, and again, when you talk about effective communication, those keep those five, I mean, not to say, you know, the other ones are not important, they are, but those four or five is what your ideal self your authentic self says this is necessary it's also related to your boundaries like these are important to me and so if it it doesn't fall within these boundaries here then you can't do it so no i I appreciate you 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 sharing that and uh, abraham you didn't share that sheet with me but wouldn't you get from that sheet when you did it and would you share that with the next person that you're in a relationship with um, well, from the value sheet, I really took in a lot of, um, I guess there were some values of other people that I hadn't realized or really thought about or articulated on, um, mm-hmm. especially when looking at my family's values, uh, you know, specifically my mother and my father, because even though they did have, um, I think each of them had the same value in terms of protection, just making sure that they protected themselves. Um and that was something that I realized that I value, you know, protecting myself as, as best as I can. Um, and being able to understand that, uh, it lets me know that sometimes it may, where it may show up. And so in going to a relationship with another, with another, um, being able to communicate that and say, hey, you know, protection is something that's actually something that I value um, and it may come up like this, you know, so it's nothing against you. It's just, that's really about me. Um, and, and to be able to, you know, even set boundaries from that space of, Hey, this is something that I value and what you're doing is not in alignment with that. So, you know, this may or may not work. Um, so yeah, the value sheet, it was, it was a very great, I mean, it was, it was a wonderful, um, wonderful tool. And, you know, uh, Howard, Howard was the one that, you know, inspired me to, to look, even go researching for it, um, and to look into something like that. So it was, uh, it was a great tool and, really good method just to really find another level of vulnerability you know with myself you know and um, in hopes of being able to have that with another person as well no I and I agree with that and I I mean it may sound you know very interesting because I don't want to put any judgment on it but it may sound interesting but you know I think that would be good to do especially in a um, a new relationship um, I think it would be good that you've been with someone for a long time you know five years or more to do that again and revisit that because mm-hmm. people are evolving and changing right mm-hmm. and I think if we know in, you know up front what's important to you so number one as you communicate and doing things or when that piece when that person is making decisions or doing things it aligns with those things they communicated that's important to them you know and so again before you are self-critical about somebody doing xyz you want to remember and recall oh yeah when we were doing our values they talked about xyz being important right so if i'm saying community involvement or, or helping my community is important and i'm doing a lot of those things as it relates to my community and you make a judgment call and say why are you always giving up your time you know it's Saturday why are you always giving up your time it's Saturday morning you give it to that organization are you sitting on the board are you doing that you will be likely not to do that knowing that that person communicated 
that community service, my civic duty to my community is important to me. Uh-huh. So you are not going to be critical, or make, even though you're like, okay, it's a Saturday, baby, I want you to be spending time with me. You go back up and say, okay, community is important. However, I also need to communicate that quality time is too. And so hopefully, eventually, that person do their community work, and then we get our, you know, our quality time. So I just think we have to be careful not to insult people of things that align with them because it doesn't maybe it doesn't resonate with us. Mm-hmm. And if and if that person is communicating that X Y Z is important to them, then you two again cannot be so critical of that person. Um, for them choosing to do certain things because it aligns with them. And right. so um, I, I do um, think that's important. And the other thing I'll, I'll say, um, yeah, I was talking to someone who works in the school district um, and the little person had told um, the educator that, hey, you know, you yelling at me, don't work for me. And so, and, and, and so, and I get that. And I know for me, and even being in the school, in order to get someone's attention, that's what you have to do. And and why do we have to do that? I should be able to say, Johnny, I need you to sit down so we can do this reading. Johnny, mm-hmm. sit down. It shouldn't be, Johnny, sit your ass down. It, it's <laughs> for Johnny to respond. You know what I'm saying? I shouldn't have to curse or yell at Johnny to get him to respond. But so many are, are so accustomed to that type of communication yes. and that's how to respond. And I wish we can reverse that because it really doesn't work. And, and even to kind of piggyback off of that, Latoya, perpetuates a certain cycle that, yes. you know, unless we try to stop it, we can't get out of it in any way, you know? Um, so, so often we see this... Um, you know, we see, we hear that in our own homes, you know, like sit your ass down or, you know, even right. I remember before going into the store, I got that pep talk. Don't look at nothing. Don't touch nothing. Don't ask for nothing. You know, mm-hmm. it was just like that very direct and very stern voice as opposed to listen. We're going to the store, you know, please don't ask for anything because we, we only have, we're on a tight budget and explain mm-hmm. that piece of it. You know, we, um, so yeah, I guess just finding that, that method or that tool to help break that cycle down you know and to kind of alleviate that way we could actually just talk to each other um and be able to kind of see each other eye to eye um and in a way that allows us to be vulnerable and to feel comfortable being vulnerable with each other no you are so right and and you work you know your your full-time job is working with the youth and so you know that firsthand you just said something to me that hopefully was in one of our podcasts in the future we talk about and that's asking and receiving giving and receiving and asking for what you want and with that same example my mother used to always say you know don't touch don't look I ain't getting that, that, that right and that conversation will play over my head and I can finish the sentence for before we can even go there but you know what that calls for me as an adult it caused me not to ask for what I wanted because I knew it was going to be a no. Mm-hmm. So I took that into my adulthood. Don't ask because I'm not going to get it. Versus, mm-hmm. and, and so I was dealing with don't ask and then I wasn't open and receptive when I did ask because I didn't think I was worthy of it. Mm-hmm. So see how sometimes that can be very damaging. It wasn't intentional 
to it was it wasn't intentional to the point to damage me as an adult. Mm-hmm. It was more so. Guess what? I'm a single mom on one income. Nobody's helping us. So unfortunately, you want to go into this store and you gonna see some things that you want, but unfortunately, mom can't do it. Now that would have probably would have been a better conversation versus don't touch, don't look, don't ask, don't you know what I'm saying? I know right. intellectually now as an adult, mm-hmm. basically my mother couldn't afford certain things. Mm-hmm. But what right. in that manner in which it was communicated to me as a child is you don't ask, you don't get. And then I took that into my adulthood as a woman, don't ask for stuff. Right. And and because even Mm-hmm. And even even kind of piggyback off of that, sometimes, you know, for me, at least when I heard it, I heard it as, you know, or at least growing up and, you know, intellectualizing it, I heard it as, you know, this situation is really stressing me out. So I mm. don't want you to stress me out also. Mm. So just mm-hmm. don't, just don't do that. Please don't add to my stress, you know. Mm. Um, and, mm-hmm. and, and that causes you to now shrink, you know, as, a, as an individual, because for yourself mm-hmm. you never want to be a burden at any point oh my god say it you know so you you just want to be able to not be that burden on another mm-hmm. person in any kind of way shape or form so you just learn how to shrink yourself and kind of minimize whatever you have going on uh, within you like you know um and even with that it it with that i mean i guess with that response happening it's hard for you to kind of come into your own and know and know when you're not really being a burden, you know, and being able to discern that for yourself, you know, and see, all right, listen, I'm not being a burden right now. I actually have needs. Um, and I'd like those for those needs to be met in some way. So, you know, the, the communication, again, it, it's a, it has such a wide casting effect, you know, yeah. um, if, if done in, in a detrimental way. You know, or a way that stunts one's growth and ability mm-hmm. to be able to connect. Oh my God! I mean, that was a whole word. You just you could just drop the mic right now because that was just a whole <laughs> word right there. Because that was all you just did was was regurgitate my whole life, and the mm-hmm. reason why I wouldn't get vulnerable with people because mm-hmm. I created a story from all of those things that if I share what I'm really going through or feeling that's adding stress and um, I don't want to be a burden to you. So mm-hmm. I'm right. going to be the problem solver. You come to me with my stuff, but I will not share with you mine because I'm not going to add, you know, I'm not percolating at a pity party and I'm not going to add to your stressors. So therefore I'm not going to share with you. And all of that was very traumatic and it's traumatic for relationships because people People want you to be, you know, um, to share too. They want to hold space for you too. So how fair is it that I'm being vulnerable with you, but you can't give it back to me, right? Because, and then also you make the assumption that somebody can't handle it or they don't have the bandwidth to handle it. That was an assumption in itself. Somebody may wanted to hold space for me and take a pause on what they were going through and hear what I have to say and what's going on with me so they can do the same for me. And But I stripped that away from people because I created a story that I'm a burden. So therefore, I won't share. And I've done that almost majority of my whole entire life until someone brought it to my awareness. So you're absolutely right. That type of stuff, you have to undo. That's why I tell people, you know, I'm undoing layers and layers of stuff that don't even serve me. Mm. Yeah, um, you know? 
Can I jump in there? Yeah. I'm I'm in a a relationship class for the Mm -hmm. last weeks. We got two more. And what I was just listening to you, that's something that we talk about in relationship and and what those are called are biases. Mm -hmm. It's like everything you were just saying, that's a bias. You know, you took something from your childhood and then in your adulthood, and I do the same thing. In your adulthood, mm-hmm. we 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 automatically make up a story and mm-hmm. a story that everything like what you just said, that's a bias. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, uh, some people might call it like uh, there are different types of biases. There are are uh, uh, projection type bias. There's uh, inferencing, like because I experienced this as a child, I'm going to infer that this situation here as an adult it's going to come out the same so mm-hmm. I'm and I, I'm, you know you were just mirroring what I've been through in my life too as an adult male very very similar um, feeling like I was a burden as a child and then not wanting to ask for stuff you know wouldn't even ask women out for dates because mm. you know, I, I thought I wasn't deserving of it mm. you know, so you just mirrored from from a female standpoint you just mirrored uh, uh, my male experience on that stuff. yeah and it's and it's interesting that you say that because I would make a judgment if I was to because I know what you look like. So I I'm I made a judgment that you are a big handsome tall man. Oh, it's easy for you to go out, you know what I'm saying? And ask mm-hmm. someone out on a date or whatever. And so are we make those me? judgments. Huh? Yeah, you t- you said you asked me if I'm talking about yeah, I'm talking about you, man. <laughs> oh, oh, oh yeah, that, yeah, that would definitely be an error. In, in, in assumption because yeah I'm, I've been all my life uh, you know I, I, I'm, I'm the quintessential guy that'll sit there see a woman that I like won't ask her out and then watch doggone Pookie or Ray Ray from down the block who ain't got no sleep <laughs> ask her out and get a date mm-hmm. you mad at yourself like what did that dude got that I don't have Exactly. Um, you know, you, you know, what, what, did, what did Pookie say that I, I couldn't say? You know, right, right. He just, he just had a little bit more courage. And you know, he had some liquid courage. He had a little bit more than you. Exactly. Um, to, to ask the question. Exactly. exactly. So yeah, you know, yeah. Um, and you know, I've heard stories where the where the where that holds true for women that mm-hmm. that, that that are society's ideal of beauty. You know, like models. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and they got the hourglass figure and everything, and sometimes some of the most miserable women because they don't get approached by guys or they they you know mm-hmm. feel like they're not deserving or something like that. And you go, what? But mm-hmm. you you you're a cover girl model, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 really interesting how that happens to us. Mm-hmm. Like, and 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 um, yeah. <laughs> so no, you're for absolutely right. That. So, so in, in closing, we're, we're going to wrap up a bit. So in closing, what would you all, you know, if, if you had to give, if you was out and about with your boys hanging out or what have you, and you were sitting around the table, you know, smoking some cigars, drinking some bourbon or whatever y'all do, um, what would you, what advice would you give um, someone as it relates to intimacy and effective communication because I think sometimes as women not all women you know we have our own thoughts about how men share or don't share or um, you know are vulnerable or not vulnerable or 
um, you know, very close to the chest about their emotions and don't let you in. So what would you share to a brother to tap into that? And we'll start with you, Howard. Or, I mean, go ahead. Go ahead, Abraham. Sorry. Okay. All right. Um, I think my first thought is, my first thought is just to start with you, you know, um, start with them and look at you first, you know, um, and always be in that place and find that groundedness there um, uh, for you. And, you know, as far as the communication, again, always start with you, take it from your perspective, you know, don't make it about what the other person is doing, um, rather how you feel about what the, what you see that the other person is doing um, or that you feel that they're doing. Um, and, you know, just to really be consistent with the journey. You know, mm-hmm. it's going to have its ups and it's going to have its downs, but um, just stay with it. Just stay the course. And um, because, you know, after some of the, the muddy, icky moments, there's some sunshine, you know, on the other side of it, too. Mm-hmm. Okay. I appreciate that. Thank you. Wait a minute. And one, one last thing, though. So what if a brother be like, man, you on something else? I don't know where you got Abraham. <laughs> you on something else, Abraham. I'm like, listen, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you a couple <laughs> stories about my life, <laughs> right? And you're not gonna believe it. You know what I mean? But this stuff, <laughs> it, it, this is it. You know, um, I mean, it, it. Since ever since I've kind of been on the journey, um, it, it's opened up a lot of doors for me. You know, um, and also realizing that, you know, looking at looking at the external, um, you know, will always send you into a, a bit of a, a hamster wheel. You know, um, you're forever going to be on this journey that doesn't stop. Um, but once you really take that that sovereign energy that you have and, and cultivate that and uh, look at yourself, um, now from there you have you know Howard you know always refers to as choice. You have choice mm-hmm. to choose where it is that you want to take that energy to. And um, you know, to my brothers out there, I, w- I would say that I would say that you know, um, starting with you is really working on cultivating that energy of, of choice um, and being able to create that life that you want um, you know but you know th- that's all I would have to say to the brother you know what I mean yeah. was, uh, <laughs> right that, you know? <laughs> no, I, I appreciate that yeah and, and you know yeah. you know people you talk at mess but did they be, be a, they, but they be admiring you at the same breath right so mm, uh, right, especially right. at your age you're in your 30s so you know, that's a whole nother conversation because some of the things that I'm hearing and some of the studies I'm hearing about intimacy, how you know, men your age, that you know, they want to be with women that's also bringing home the bacon to cooking it, mm. but they still want their clothes ironed. And when it comes to intimacy, I got to watch porn first before I can get turned on. So mm. that's a whole nother conversation in itself. But, um, but I'm glad that you are confident enough that you can hold your own in a conversation and not back down and say, hey, this is what's, what's evolving and happening and opening up in my life and get in touch with yourself and this is going to work for you. But um, so thank you for that. And so, and so Howard, same for you. You know, you got some brothers in their 50s going in their 60s or what have you who's like, man, you know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks and what you see is what you get. And I'm good. I'm good. I've been, I've been around 50 plus years, so I'm good. So what you got to tell these brothers who run about your age? Um, I, I, I'll agree with what Abraham said and I'll add a few things to it. Brother come to me and, and asking me some questions and he's saying, oh, but I'm good. I'm saying, okay, well, if you're good, all right, you know. Mm-hmm. But then, then the next thing I'm going to say is, how's your relationship working for you? 
Got him. Got him. Uh huh. <laughs> Got him. Because real truthfully, tell me, tell me. I mean, you you came to me asking me questions. Tell me how your if you in a pair paired up pair bond. Tell me how it's working for you. And if you're single, tell me how that's working for you right now. When you do meet a woman, tell me how it's working for you. And the minute he started telling me some stuff, oh man, well. Uh huh. Yeah, it ain't well. This and and blah blah blah. I'm gonna say, well, okay. Then the next thing I'm gonna say, and the final thing I'm gonna say to him is, I got some resources. Mm-hmm. You know, I can give you two or three of them books, workshop examples. I can tell you what I've been through. Uh, here's some some worksheets. Mm-hmm. And if you want to sit down with me, or call, or Zoom call, or phone call. I'll do that with you if you want to, but the choice is yours, brother. So if everything's mm-hmm. working for you, okay. If you think everything's working for you, and you don't ask me this question, but you mm-hmm. think everything's working for you, fine. But if you think everything mm-hmm. ain't working for you, are you open to learning something new? Mm. All right. All right. You heard it. You heard it from my, from my big brother. They dropped it. What they normally <laughs> do when we do this podcast. So, again, thank you both for the conversation um we will have another conversation in the next few weeks hopefully before the holiday come but if not if it's after the holiday it's all good but we gonna we gonna talk about this being a stick in the mud stuff and and, and sometimes <laughs> yeah. how our old behaviors still creep up and we trying to break out and, and break from some of those old ways so again thank you all for listening to aerosol podcast i finally finally y'all got my website up you can go to www.arrowsheartcoaching.com. Check a sister out if you're interested in any coaching. I offer intimacy coaching, life coaching, as well as career coaching. So I'm your girl when it comes to that. So check us out. And again, thank you both for joining. We will be in touch. And until then, be mindful of your communication. And remember to really, really connect with yourself. This is what all intimacy is all about. Thank you all. Peace.